Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the dude. And I'm Grim. And if you would do me the honor, Mr. Dudorino, and hold up the album, because I don't have this one on vinyl, although it is one of my favorites, today we are going to be discussing The Fragile, left and right, by Nine Inch Nails. Dude, it is so unbelievably unbelievably fragile. It's amazing. This is probably, this might be one of my favorite records, like I'm so proud to have. It's like, it's uh, three discs. Uh, you know, the CD is two discs, so it is a double album. And it's just, it's just glorious. It's glorious. Big fan of it. What is the um, Halo number on that release? Oh, uh, looks like Halo 14 here. Wow. So that's, that's interesting. So the third studio album, yet the 14th Halo release. Halo. So there is a lot of singles, a lot of uh, other things. Yeah, I forget exactly, you know, the whole Halo thing, but it's I think it's the kind of each piece of content that yeah, they put out. Yeah, so, it has its so, own numbers. So Broken was like an EP. And then um, Fixed. Ex- extensive, then Fixed. Yeah. And I think they had probably some remixes, some music videos, different projects and things like that. Downward Spiral, um, further down the spiral. Because I also have, and I have brought with me, let's see what Halo this is. Um, so Halo 17 is the DVD, All That Could Have Been which is the live kind of performance concert uh, where a lot of the songs, I think there's, I mean, tons of the songs that are on this album are are on this. So this is from the Fragility Tour. So it's pretty cool. Awesome DVD. Highly recommend that as Fra- well. Great Fragile. Songs. It's Italian. Fragile. It's Italian. Exactly. I actually so, wish I would have had that leg to hold of. That, that would have been pretty yeah, But I didn't have it. So, she touched my leg. Yeah. yeah. Well... This took, was uh this is a, yeah, it took a while. Two years like, to record. Two years. And there had been a long break between Downward Spiral. So Downward Spiral was released March eighth, nineteen ninety-four. This was released September twenty first, nineteen ninety nine. That well, is well true. Long time. But one thing that I, I was I did watch uh, an interview with Trent Reznor, or actually a few of them in preparation uh-huh. for today's episode. And one thing that Big he one. mentioned is he kind of did get like some flack or whatever, um, just for the long time between albums. But he said it as, "Well, look, we made Downward Spur. I made Downward Spiral. Then basically toured for two years, probably right, and then yeah. probably took a little time off because I, I think he said that by the end of that making the yeah. album and the tour, he was just as a person, just in a really weird kind of right. place, right." Yeah, so took some time off and then spent two years recording this. So it's it's not as if, you know, he was just like kicking it a year from now, just kicking it in the Caribbean and saying to himself, Marcellus Wallace was right. (laughs) Definitely not. Yeah, (laughs) he was not saying that. Yeah, that's right. All right. All right, Butch. Oh man! That's so, good shit. but I, I think it's interesting because this was the period when he lived in New Orleans. Yeah, and, and nothing studios. Yeah, so it, his own studio, um, which was a mortuary. Yeah, that's that's kind of. So yeah, you think about someone who has like uh, maybe some personal depression ish kind of issues, drug issues. 
that darkness. seems like a really bad place to locate yourself, New Orleans. I mean, it's one of two cities in the United States that allows for open carry of alcohol. Sure. Now, open carry mm-hmm. means more nowadays, but it should just mean alcohol because the fact that people can openly carry guns is fucking weird, too. Mm-hmm. But You could also make the argument that because it does have all this, it's maybe rather convenient. So, Well, yeah, true. So, I mean, it depends which way you look at it. Glass half full, glass half empty, I, I white just, claw half full, white claw half empty. Yeah, yeah I just sponsor. like the idea of being able to go out and have some drinks, and you'll be like, oh, I just need one extra bottle of beer for my walk home. Like, that seems yeah. perfectly logical to me. So reasonable. Yeah. Not too much to ask. Okay. So, it's a good thing that, you know, a place like New Orleans is out there, so... But this is a uh, this is a fairly like we discussed. This is a fairly big album, two discs. Um, he was recording it for a couple of years, and I think there's a couple different things that you know we we kind of wanted to do. I think we've kind of established uh, one. They're not named disc one and disc two. It's disc left and disc right, which is mm-hmm. just kind of a cool different different way to do that. Um, and then also, so the the way the vinyl is split up, it is three records. And basically, the first half is on the first, uh, what you'd call the first three sides of, you know, disc one, and then the first side of disc two. The second side of disc two is where right starts, and then disc three is the finishing part I of see. Right. So, it, yeah, it's basically three sides of CD. Yeah. Which makes exactly. sense. Um, but, yeah. you know. Now, the, so, so the there's bi- a couple of interesting exercises here. Yes, one of them. We want to play some stuff, guys. Yeah, Stick with yeah. Us. and I and I cool I intend stuff. to when this is as soon as this is released. I think we need to both put our respective lists in the comments section. Yes, but anyways, um, I think you could you could. There's a couple things now. One thing would be what if you took it down and made one CD, one CD, not one vinyl, because it would be really short. Uh, but one, what could what yeah. could you make it a, a, like one disc? And I know, dude, you were talking about uh, that was one proposal by Mister Bob, Bob Robert Ezrin. Yeah, notably actually, also had a big hand yeah. in the wall, uh, which is interesting because this album was compared to the wall in in a lot of in a yeah. lot of ways, and and I can kind of see that. I mean, for like Nine Inch Nails, it's definitely like their wall yeah. if that makes sense well the funny thing is is so here's the deal this will this will kind of bring the whole bob ezrin thing will tie all this in he was brought in so trent had been recording for two years bob ezrin was basically brought in his sole purpose was not to produce or anything like that was to basically go through all the material that they had recorded which bob ezrin said was basically four hours of material and we're talking songs, instrumentals, uh, little snippets, things like that, and put it in this sort of logical, coherent order, kind of come up with a sort of a theme or a concept and everything. And so when he walked into the studio, he had never met Trent Reznor before or anything like that. He walked into Nothing Studios and, dude, he saw a, a poster of the wall. And But it should be known that they didn't put it there because... Like, oh, hey, the, you know, Bob Ezrin's here and, you know, he's yeah, quick, through Jesus the wall. Yeah, quick, coming, everybody yeah. look busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was not that. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I got a busy day tomorrow. Um, so, um, 
but basically it, it's been said that the wall is Trent Reznor's favorite album. So that's oh. actually why it, why, why it was up there. Um, but he did. So he went through all the tracks and they kind of worked through everything. And he came up with a couple different versions of the fragile, but he did actually put together a single disc and he told Trent Reznor that basically, hey, if, um, you know, if you want to have a, what, what did he say exactly? Yeah. If you want to be really brave, you'll put it out this way. And Trent was like, you know, he just couldn't leave that much on the cutting room floor, which I dude, you've been working on something. Dude, two years worth of material, man. Uh, you know, I, I think. It's been hard enough cutting they, it down to two discs. Yeah. 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 That's basically kind of what he said. That's another reason he he, he brought Bob Ezrin in uh, to, uh, to help him out. So. That would be really cool. We'd love it if some of you guys would, in the comments below, put together, if you could do it in one disc, which is what? What, what do we say? 72 minutes-ish? 72, oh, a CD? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're 80, but at this time, I don't know if they had made 80-minute CDs, so I think 74 right. was the original length of a CD. Okay. So in that area, if you can just kind of get it there, like it would be awesome to see what, you know, what songs people pick, what order they put them in. That, it'd just be like a fun thing to do, I think. Because really, you only got to cut out like 20 minutes. 25, right. 20 minutes or something. Yeah, I'd say 25 minutes. You know, yeah. I, I think another interesting thing would do would to do, which uh, I would be interested in too, is if you had to make a double vinyl out of it. Oh, fuck. So that means you only got to take out... The second disc, you probably only need to take out like six, six, seven, eight minutes. The first disc, like, you know, 10 or 12 minutes. But that would be an interesting one, too, if you were to make it a double vinyl. Well, because you got to, especially to fit everything on there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Be... Just just a thought. Just just yep. spitballing, throwing darts at the yep. wall. Well, even, you know, that's one thing that I think a lot of people always discuss when we're talking about a double album. Oh, is there filler songs? Is there too much here and too much there? Obviously, you know, you know, we've done the White Album. We've talked about that. But Trent Reznor said something really interesting that um, he thought about doing and maybe he should have done looking back on it was actually put it out as two separate albums, kind of the way Radiohead. He said the way Radiohead did with Kid A and Amnesiac, you know, the recorded same time, same sessions, uh, but put them out as two separate, um, two separate albums. So that's something it sounds like he maybe thought about that after the fact. I, personally, this is my favorite Nine Inch Nails album. I love it that there's so much on there. I love that it's double disc. And I especially for mine dude, too. for having not put anything out for five years. It's just kind of do. We're just going to I'm just going to slap you in the face with like a double disc. Now, like did a you full, a full double disc? Did you read that? Yeah, that in it is a real slap in the uh, in our collective mouth. Collective nuts. But over a year before he released the album, he said something that was really funny, which I which it's taken, especially now is like deliberately misleading to just kind of mess with people but he said that the album would be irritating to people because it's not traditional nine inch nails he said think of the most uh ridiculous music you could ever imagine with nursery rhymes over the top of it a bunch of pop songs so i'm sure there were fans who were just like fuck this he's he's lost his mind you know but it's certainly not that and I wanted to speak to something that you mentioned regarding filler songs. Yes. 
I guess I can understand that more. Um, and I'm only using this as an example because we recently discussed it, but with the white album where there are songs in there, I mean, you know, where would the world be without revolution nine? I don't know, but to me, that's mostly garbage filler where this, I, to me, there isn't songs in here that are filler. It, it was a different purpose. It was meant to be like this kind of dark introspective, a lot I don't want to say primarily, but heavily instrumental kind of journey. Yeah. Um, because I, yeah. I, I read another quote where he, he mentioned something that it's like, there aren't as many lyrics on the records because it's like, he couldn't think it was, you know, from where he was mentally and personally He's, kind of going into the process of making it. Sure. The way his head was. And, and one thing I, I mean, I've listened to this album a million times. And one thing that stood out to me more, maybe, maybe this time, because that, Maybe a hundred um, <laughs> was, was, you know, he left in a lot of the songs, he'll leave like space and they talk about certain soundscapes and things like that, but he'll leave kind of some empty spaces here and there. And it's kind of cool. It, it gives it that sort of that open feeling and kind of this, and he described it. It's like almost like he's lost and searching and, and yeah. whatnot. And it, it just you just kind of feel that there's that he leaves emptiness, and, and you definitely feel that within within some of the songs. Whereas, I mean, there's plenty of layers, plenty of thickness and sound. Like he is not lacking for that by by any means, uh, because this this album has some very in, intense moments. Um, oh yeah, but there's all there's also some just kind of soundscapey journey songs right uh that mm -hmm. are that are pretty cool and not journey like the band there's not that but uh it does have that 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 kind of feeling uh sort of a like mysterious and for me and this is just me listening and I, you know we would also I, I think one thing it would be great to ask people is do you have a favorite disc do you prefer left or prefer right um for I me personally i i prefer left um and i think they're very different i i feel like left has more of the soundscapes and it has a more mysterious feel where when yeah. I think of right, yeah, when fair. I think of right, I, I feel like right is more of a, I don't know if I'd call it a singles album, but I feel like it's more of a collection of songs. Personally, I just like the flow of left more. I, I think it does flow better personally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I'm like, well, cause you know, most of the songs on there that are like my favorite ones are on that one. But then I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Into the void. Um, I know the big come down, uh, Dude, big come down. So good. Fucking ripe with decay. I, right. Decay. So, okay. This, this is what I'd like to do because we, yep. we tend to focus on the ones that we would cut. Can you give me a top five? Top my five. Favorites? Yep. Whew. Top five Damn. and a bottom two. That's 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 our that's our, what we're doing today. I would say okay, a top five in no order. Mm -hmm. Um definitely into the void. Um I love uh somewhat damaged. I mean, dude, it's tough. I don't we're in this together, fragile, just like you imagined. Okay. I'm going to stick with your first two. Uh, somewhat damaged. I just, I've always really, Dude, really loved that song. Into the Void is, is amazing. Um, I'd have to go with the big come down. 
I would have to go with dude even deeper, man, because I I and we'll talk about this more when we get into that song, but yeah. I think the beat on that song is is absolutely incredible. But we'll get into that. Um yep. Yeah. I I I got a soft spot for pilgrimage too. Dude, I do too. And yeah. that's a that's an intense song. We'll talk about that yeah. too. Uh, that's an interesting one. Um, so yeah, I, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I'm thinking at this things. point. Yeah, just based on the uh, the the length double. of what we're doing, we may just want to get into the songs because there's a lot of other stuff I want to talk about. Yeah. But it, I think a lot of it pertains to the songs. Yeah, and I think it should be said: this album not only has length, but it definitely has girth too. Oh, and, and we certainly know sides. how to listen to it. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think we should definitely get into it because. Um, what about the cover, you know, real quick? That was one thing. I, being that you are a photographer, dude, yeah. I kind of wanted to know. Um, oh, so I've the, always the bottom is from yeah. the. Okay, that's what I didn't understand. So they screwed up the the uh, photos the at the one of, the, of like of the, the bottom part, right? I don't know if it's the bottom or the top. Part, oh, whatever. I thought it, when you flip it around, I thought it was it was no like the cover cover. Yeah, yeah, I thought it said that like the the bottom part was this super close up of inside a seashell, and it got screwed up, and then the other part is that waterfall, which I believe is I in I, Iceland. Yeah, it's in Iceland. I took it as the flower part. Got the flowers were supposed to be on the front. This is what the front, I guess, was supposed to be, oh, and that okay, got messed okay. up. So they ended up putting it in the back. Um, dude, I've always really loved the artwork in in this. It's just so it's, it has it's, this this abstractness sort of, and it's just ah oh, man, it's just it's just really cool, man. I I, I dig it. It's a lot. like if Kid A was based on pictures and not like computer generated drawings. Like the colors <laughs> to me are the same with the emphasis on like the red. Oh, and, yeah. You know what I mean? There's the red, the there's some the sort of similarity that I that I've always dude, it's like digitized found. nature. It's yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, it's very cool. So yeah, I've always liked liked the artwork to this. Another another thing real quick that I thought was uh interesting was the basis for one of these interviews that I watched with uh, Trent Reznor about this, one thing they went into was Napster because Napster had just come out and oh, yeah. he didn't have like a total dickhead stance on it by any means. Cause I do agree with what he's saying. I mean, it is, it is theft. Now the streaming model, you know, you can get streaming and, and, yeah. um, for free with ads or whatever, but at least in this, the streaming model is certainly does not benefit the artist in the same way as like buying an album, but it, no. it does something. And at least there's, there's something going on there because he was pretty adamantly against it. That basically just stating like, you know, I don't really know how else to say it. Like it is theft. Like it took a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of, things to make this happen and then it and then it just yeah. it's it's given away so i i get that um yeah and it was so funny because they brought up uh one of his contemporaries who was completely on the other side it was singing the praises of napster and that was fred durst from lib biscuit 
and Reznor's remark was basically like, because they said, well, what about so-and-so? And he was like, well, he's basically an, a moron anyways. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which Dude, I thought was funny. Trent does not shy away from like how he feels about people and musicians and artists. Like if he doesn't like you or thinks you're just not putting out good stuff, like there's some quote where he was talking about, he even said something, it was, it was kind of about trying to think the band's that they they said i want to say like foo fighters were one he even said something about beck and somebody else he was like oh i was watching mtv or watching tv or whatever he's like oh i saw these bands and he was just like he was like it, it wasn't even i don't think criticizing necessarily their music he was just like i just wouldn't want to be in that band like i just you know that's that's not the band i would want to be in and I, I can understand that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. And one thing I've noticed in in his interviews is, I think number one, he's he speaks very eloquently, especially dude, as he's, he's especially as, as he's gotten older. Yeah, he's he's, he's very yeah. articulate. I, and and I notice listening back to our stuff, he he thinks about what he's going to say, says it very direct and and plainly and articulately does not have verbal crutches that that's a hard one dude dude that's a hard dude 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 you know what i mean uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> but yeah yeah so anyways uh it is it, hard not to do that it is i know so hard it, it is it is unbelievably hard so let's but Try you know, it's, it's hard crunches. to just be in a successful podcast and just day after day hitting the grindstone. You're just on, Grueling. you know, yeah, you're just, you're coming at me from all sides about what Dude, am I, I going to spend like five hours researching this today and listening to the album. It's been yeah. rough. So. All right, we're going to try to keep this under an hour. No promises, but we need to get into the tracks here. Yep. So. All right, we're going to start with the left because it seems like that's, that's how where most people start. Yeah. yeah, and I think even even Trent said at one point, um, he said, yeah, it's, it's a bleaker album because it arrives back where it starts. The album, He says the album begins with somewhat damaged and ends with ripe with decay. So even from his perspective, I think that's kind of how, how he meant it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just what I just think it's cool not calling it disc one and disc two. It's like, hey, let's do something creative. Yeah. So it makes you think I'm of the damaged. stereo image at least somewhat. Now I, I've always somewhat liked damaged. the the build up for this song is is really great. But one thing I like that you hear in this album and I hadn't heard prior to them is it sounds almost like a nylon guitar or like a ukulele or something that gives you it, it's certainly not a plugged in instrument it, it's an acoustic instrument that's in there and it, it has it, that timbre it, it does it, it, it's a very interesting way to uh, to start the album the way it comes in okay <laughs> you know, it's just got Something that like little that. it's yeah. got that it little does. pluck bit to it. And not even it does. I wouldn't even say like an acoustic guitar. Um for some reason I, I think of and if it is, I I don't know. There's there's just interesting tones that he uses and I really like the kind of dichotomy of having that set against some like super heavy shit. Because the heavy stuff has this real big sound with a long decay and though that's really short and and abrupt yeah. almost you know 
it, it yeah it, it is and uh i mean as with many of the songs on this album it's very dark yeah um, but but not just dark in in a sense of just being dark for dark there's i feel like there's a deepness um to to a lot of the songs on on this album um i don't find it quite as aggressive as downward spiral oh um, this this I mean, song i do there's well, there's a no. There, there's aggressive. It, it's different to me. Whereas when I think of like, God, what Mister Self Destruct? Oh and, yeah, okay. Um, I see what you, you mean. You know, like like there's just to me there's um, I don't know. I, I they're, they're very different, and and I just don't. I don't feel like it has that. It has that intensity, but there's something. I don't know. Sort of, I guess, destructive um, about more about the downward spiral. Just, just when I listen to it. Well, sure, to this. sure. Now, um, and I, I think that's because this this has the spaces too. Yeah, true. Now, I will ask you: Did you read the bit about how, according mm-hmm. to a CIA document titled "Guidelines for Interrogation Methods," the song "Somewhat Damaged" was one of thirteen songs 13th. played to detainees at Guantanamo Bay? Guantanamo Bay. Supposedly now, as a means of torture. Dude, I want to know what the other 12 songs are. Like, that would yeah. be... Dude, let's scratch that album. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, I'm actually going to... I mean, we may not get to right. it in this episode, but I just, in the background, I kind of need yeah. to look that up. And you guys should definitely feel free to Google this after you're done listening to the episode, obviously, because that would be pretty interesting to know. Man. Oh, I mean, dude, Okay. Talk- Dude, talk about a feather in your cap, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that if if he saw it that way, but wow, there's some Bleeding. interesting ones. Eleven popular songs, so there's obviously more, but um, eleven of the popular songs. So the real Slim Shady by Eminem, "Take Your yeah. Best Shot" by Dope, never heard that. "Dirty" by Christina Aguilera. Zikarita, My Memories by Muhammad El Kwasagi. Babylon by David Gray. I Love You by the Barney Themes. Oh, wow. And Saturday Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Dude, I'm sorry. How is Intro to Muddy Banks of Wishka by Nirvana not like the... I mean, it could be just that Nine Inch Nails as far as I'm concerned. Who's in charge of this list? I mean, (laughs) we need to find this out because we have some recommendations yeah next time if they would really consult us i mean dude revolution nine should probably be on there it could be useful for something jesus slide on into our dms oh dude uh well we'll get into that when we do plastic ono band but some great stuff on yoko ono's plastic ono band that could be used why not why not? Why, why not? All right. So enough with the CIA Guantanamo Bay. We need to move this along. So we go right into the day the whole world went away, which is the first um, single off the album. And it a lot of these songs really do tra- transition into each other. And I mean, some of them are just simple crossfades, but a lot of them do transition. Into yeah, each other. sure. Whereas I feel like on right, maybe they don't as much from, from if my memory serves me uh, correctly. But, uh, I think that sounds about right yeah it sounds about right um but dude it's uh you know i really love the way you know some somewhat damage ends very intensely and then it kind of yeah. crosses over into this and it's kind of chill and quiet for just like a little bit just right? a little but bit then 
just a little bit just to kind of like just hey we're gonna calm it down and then boom yeah like there's so many of these like roaring guitars and the grittiness right like Mm -hmm. oh man um, but in in this song tends to kind of do that. It does go strong and balls down. to yeah, the wall, and, they, and then yeah. and then it cuts, and then it'll just like cut to quiet. Um, yeah, which is and which it is, is not which is the only cool. one that does that. No, not at all. Um, not at all. But now to contrast, uh, the frail is is just. I mean, maybe there's some background ambience, but just solo piano. I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, uh, and piano, it's interesting. Um, like it's it's almost like deliberately simple piano like it's it's not complex but it but it's, it's oh, yeah, what yeah. it needs to be that's kind of what i was uh, i had in my notes i was like there's nothing i guess I, i'm trying to think of the right word like flourishing or you know overly i don't know just that that really stands out it's it's playing the right notes right mm-hmm. he, i mean that's what he's going for but definitely towards the end of the song as it's building up um, because it goes right into the wretched, and it's really cool when they play this song live. If you've seen them play it live, they they do a lot of times. They'll play the frail right into the wretched. I was at a show once though where they played the frail, uh, and then instead of going to the wretched, they just went right into closer, which was kind of it was kind of cool because I was like, you start hearing the frail, and you're like, oh, they're gonna go into the wretched, and then yeah. dude, they totally like fuck with you, and they they went into closer, which was which was kind of cool. But right at towards the end of this song. There definitely is this synth in the background that that is kind of building up, slowly building up, and then the wretched comes in. It's just like, oh, just such a march, right? That just yeah. that marching drum beat or whatever. It's 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 really really great. And it's now got one the- note that I took is there's a sound in the wretched that I like because I find it very abrupt and it creates tension, and it almost sounds like. Like a synthesized version of like rubbing on glass or something or like scratching Ooh. glass. You know what I mean? And the way they cut it, it almost sounds like it was reversed. Uh, but you could also make this. You could shape the sound wave with the synthesizer to, to cut in, in a way that would sound like that, too. But I, yeah. I that was one of the things that always stood out to me in that song was just that that little kind of screechy. Maybe screechy is the wrong word, but screech. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, um, I don't know if I'm talking about the same thing, but there's something in it that I hear. I was like, oh, it kind of sounds like you're like in a machine being spun around. <laughs> like there's, there's, there's just that a lot, a lot of those sounds, you know, yeah. this grinding machine like, and I know we're, we're talking about industrial music, blah, 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 but it's like, dude, it sounds like sometimes you're like in some crazy factory, you know, like Skynet, you know, or like Terminator Dude. 2 shit, right? Like, when it becomes self aware. Yeah. Yep. Better watch out, man. So, um, we're in this together. Now, we are. And we are into this now. <laughs> I don't know. Is that the only video they made for this? Uh, no. Uh, Into the Void also has a video. Oh, shit. I don't know that and, video. Uh, Starfuckers in- has a video, too. Oh. Marilyn Manson co-directed it. Oh, okay. Yep. Well, but- one thing about this one and this video is I've noticed uh, watching it back, it, it's very much like this dystopia kind of oh, thing. Yeah. It reminds me uh, a lot of watching it of like The Handmaid's Tale, like, except there were no handmaids in it. But you know what I mean? That that's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's it is a trippy video because it's I mean, for those who haven't seen it, basically it's like 
Trent Reznor is dressed in all black. The video is basically black and white. It might be sepia toned a little bit. I don't know. Um, and then there's all these other guys dressed in all black and they're just kind of like running around. It's like a warehouse district or mm-hmm. something like that. And then basically, spoiler alert, at the end of the video, the song ends and they um, he's like in the middle of the desert. He gets like knocked over as they're running. And then he wakes up and he's like the only one there. And then he starts walking around, and then you just see there's no bodies, but you just see everyone's clothes just like oh, all yeah. in a pile yeah. and everything. It's like, dude, it's it's so funny. But but uh, dude, I this song to me is it, it's probably I mean it's the longest song on the album. It's over over uh, over seven minutes. Um, it hits really yeah, hard in parts. Like they can bring it up and down. Um, this actually song has maybe. I don't want to say my favorite lyrics of all time, but the lines, the farther I fall and beside you as lost as I get, I will find you the deeper the wound. I'm inside you forever and ever. I'm a part of you. Um, and then you and me, you know, and then, well, he kind of ends it forever and ever. I am a part of, and then it goes right into basically you, screaming, yeah. you and me are in this together. I just like the message of the song. I, th- I think it's pretty cool. Um, and it just, it just really hits, hits pretty hard. Um, it's a it's a good good track and the video is cool too. I yeah. don't know. I, I is I, uh, I'm trying to think. I wonder if the video is. I wonder if they shortened the song for the video or not. I don't remember seeing that or looking at that last time. But the song comes in on the track about seven minutes sixteen seconds. But um, then uh, dude, then we go into the fragile and um, dude, title love track. the percut, dude, the fragile, the title track. Ooh. The title track. Um, love the percussion beat on the song. Um, it's kind of, I don't know, it's it's very basic and kind of, I guess, um, you know, slowed down in the beginning, you know, and but then explodes with, again, now like, there's, I won't let you fall apart. There's one thing that I always found interesting about the whole I won't let you fall apart bit, and that's where he, co- like, he deliberately comes in early on one of them. And I oh, think he might he? only do that, that once, like in the first okay. time he says it. I All won't right. fall up. I like he comes in like half a beat early on, like just one of them. That's and interesting. I, I like it. I think it's yeah. really swell. That is cool. That is cool. Now, uh, yes. Just like you what imagine, you? is the second instrumental on the album, correct? Wait, so what's you, the one before? The frail. Uh, oh yeah, the frail. Sorry, yeah, the frail. See, it's weird for me. The frail and the wretched. I kind of. I don't really think of them as two separate yeah, songs. You think I think of, of yeah, them I know as one song. Um, yeah. So yeah, but this is. And um, one thing I thought was cool is a few of these songs have been used in movies and movie trailers. Now, just like you imagine, was used in the th- trailer for Three Hundred, which I was oh. thought was pretty pretty badass and really fit it fit it really well. Um, yeah. But but dude, I, I like this. This is one of my favorite instrumentals uh, on on the album. Um, you know, just kind of starting with the piano a little bit, and um, then there's like there is like some acoustic, and um, I don't know, kind of thumps with the uh, the drums. But you know, yeah, no vocals. But this song, it's weird for a song that doesn't have vocals. The, there's so many layers in the way it builds and kind of kind of changes. Um, there's it has like that 
I call it this like industrial mixing bowl screaming and the way the guitar is um, kind of comes in roars uh, at times. Yeah. It sounds like it's speaking in in a sense. And yeah, and, um, I feel like the song is continuing. Like you feel like it's reached its peak and then something else explodes on top of that. And it, it's really interesting how it just kind of builds and builds uh, off of like each, each part and then it ends with that slow little, little piano thing mm-hmm. i know it. that's pretty cool um and dude i think are um what is that instrument um is it the theorem is it called theremin where where you, where you play it by proximity yeah, yeah. so yeah so it, i don't know if they use it on the recording of this but i swear if you watch the the dvd they perform that song and i believe they play that live oh, that's there's somebody there, there's somebody doing it. i'm pretty sure so I, I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty sure that's it. That's pretty cool. I would like to watch that. Mm. Now, one thing um, that we didn't talk about with the whole scope of the album, I'm just going to go back to it real quick, was that okay. um, Reznor worked with Alan Mulder, who's a uh-huh. a British record producer, and dude. I didn't realize how many goddamn things he's done until I read about him. And it, it's amazing, dude. He's done. did a lot of... He worked with Trent Reznor, it looks like. He <laughs> continues to. Sweet. Um, but, man, has he really just... Dude, he mixed villains. Sometimes he does a lot of mixing and then a lot of... Uh, producing too but just really i mean the guy's uh the guy's resume would cv be, yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty impressive so Most anyways impressive cool let's go deeper oh even, even deeper. deeper so yeah the thing i've always that that's always got me about this is i like the beat right yeah but then you get like he really, I can't. He like really chops it up in the middle, and I, dude, when I heard that, I was like, that that's how you make a beat. I, I never, yeah. I never cared, and and even some of the more stuff that's more like techno-y on here, with the exception uh-huh. of maybe into the void, um, isn't my favorite because it's got that that just driving that just like you know. For, like you're always hitting that that the bass, but I I love how he chops this beat up. The only beat that I think I could compare it to of his that is as good is um, what's it for? All the love in the world uh, with teeth. Oh yeah, like that yeah. is so right. beautifully chopped up yeah. too. Yeah. Well, I think for me with this song, what I like about it is you know we've we've had. <laughs> um, not that this song doesn't have as I guess stronger and intense moments, but um, I feel like, especially with the beginning of the song, it gives you a chance to catch your breath a little bit, especially mm-hmm. after, you know, we're in this together now, the fragile, and then just like you imagine, it's like, whoa. <laughs> but it, but it's um, still got edge to it. It, it does. It, it, it does. You know, it gets, it, you know, it gets loud and it has the distorted guitar. But for me, with the way the other songs... Um, the other songs are just, I feel like just like just driving forward, basically like pushing you down into the like dirt. Whereas like this one, I feel like it, it has this little more um, sort of it keeps the pace. It's it's still upbeat, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not just like just like just jamming your face down. Um, 
So it's which it's cool. is what pilgrimage feels like. Dude, this it, is an, a third instrumental, right? Yeah, I, I like this because pilgrimage just in in the choice of the song title evokes like some sort of religious bit into it. You know, you make your religious pilgrimage to. You know, like the, the, the Muslims will go to Mecca or... Yeah, and it just... I think that that makes it sound even darker because of that religious imagery. And then as it progresses, it just sounds like people marching. And I think oh, at the yeah. end, he's actually playing it through like the old Mellotron like orchestra sample because it has like... It has this old kind of sound to it. Right with the oh, with the dude. driving beat, to me that sounds like something that would have been playing at like one of those crazy Nazi rallies. See, where rallies. Like Hitler would be yelling out. You know what I mean? Dude, it, 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 it sounds like that. You hear dude, somebody yelling frantically in German, which is heavy on the consonants. High German yeah. too. You know. Yeah, dude. I and you said it right, dude. It has that old feel. Yeah, right? just that old feel, and and it does. And hey, I am not. It's like a propaganda film. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. And we are against all of that about a billion and a half. Percent. Oh, yeah. We it's just this is the imagery that it that it but evokes man, just to hear it. But of course. Dude, yeah. But I, being able to capture that sound is yeah. fucking like they do it. And it's like I, I fully admit when I'm like playing this in my apartment, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I shouldn't play this too loud because people might get the wrong idea. Oh, dude, yeah, they would be like, that is some fucking music right like, there. Man. That's one man, just better left that, to headphones, I think, because then you can really appreciate yeah. it for what it is. Mm. No, you don't. Um, yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> See, now, to me, no, you don't kind of has more of like a techno-ish beat or, uh, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, Where, whereas totally. some of the other ones that I mentioned were a little more chopped up, but yeah, and it, 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 to to me this feels this is a more straightforward kind of I mean well it's techno beat but I, I just feel like it's kind of a more straightforward sort of rock song, mm-hmm. um, and and you know the I mean again strong driving guitar and everything but for some reason I don't know why I thought this but. I was like, man, I, I feel like I could hear this off Broken or or, or something yes. like that. Yeah, I agree. Like almost, you know. Um, so it's, yeah, I, I don't know. It's um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting the 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 sound and um, you know he he kind of you know he sings the song, but then there's this middle part where he he kind of just like half sings just like a little bit. And he's like, mm-hmm. and just for the record, just so you know, you know, I, I, I do, did not believe that you could sing so low. Um, oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. Like he, he can, he can definitely mix up the way, the way he sings. I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Um, now, La Mer, is this the third instrumental on well, left? So, well, here's the Fourth? thing about, here's the thing about La Mer, my friend is <laughs> this would be technically the fourth i consider an instrumental but if you do listen to it is he you do hear you hear a woman actually a woman speaking because the title is la mer i looked uh, that up and it's when i did the translation the it, i don't know it, when i just typed it in on google it said on two like t-u-e like like abbreviation for tuesday but that makes no sense to me. So I, don't I think know. that's French for the sea, but I don't. I yeah. don't. I you know I never took French, but I just I, I think it is. Um, yeah. um, but so I'm here, not, well, why, why you look that up? Yeah, why you look that up? 
um, the, the woman speaking, she sounds like she's speaking in French, but I noticed because I had the lyrics showing up on my Apple yeah, Music. And, and dude, the thing is, is like Apple Music went to the liberty of kind of transcribing it. It was, it was just kind oh, of wow. strange because I was, I was like, wait a minute, she's not, she's not singing. Um, so, I, I mean, do you want to call it a uh, instrumental? I have no problem with that, really. Well, um, but, I don't know. I'm not really splitting hairs here. No, um, no, but I do want to point out that I was correct, and that does mean the C in French. Damn, look at you, boy. Yeah, and I didn't even look that up beforehand. Just knew that one, just which is weird. Cuffs. So what, what is said, though, this is what says. This oh. is very short. And when the day arrives, I'll become the sky, and I'll become the sea, and the sea will come kiss me, for I'm going home. Nothing can stop me now. Nothing can stop me now, because I don't care anymore. Interesting. So... Those lyrics are in Into the Void, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Which is very interesting to me because one comment I was going to make on La Mer is you almost, well, not almost, you hear him start to play with the musical themes of Into the Void, Into the Void. in that song in a much different way. different way. But it is the musical like motifs that he's using. So that, that's even cooler now that the lyrics translate over as well. That is. That's fucking badass. Wow. Deep. Deep connection. I like it. Regular right. fucking Holmes and Watson here. The great below. Let's finish, let's finish left. The great below. Um, dude, I, I love how mysterious this song is in that that sort of synth is such an interesting sound when he's yeah. kind of when he's kind of singing when he's singing like ocean pulls me close, whispers in my ear. Um, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just such a I, I don't know. I don't even know the best way to describe it. I feel like it's some sort of like. 80s sound or whatever but it's just it it fits yeah. the song so well and gives us this eerie mysterious thing and i always think of this i'm like uh, it makes me think like you know think of the ocean as this dark kind of beast and it's like night and i don't know man just it, i just get this real eerie feel with it that's what they I, say we know more about outer space dude yeah than the depths of the ocean that's crazy dude there's some there's some shit down there yeah it's yeah, cold. Is. Well, and the pressure is pretty rough too. But anyways, so what do you know about pressure? So we're gonna scratch after we've kind of went through the yeah. So yeah. we'll scratch. Yeah. So picking right. up the pace. Um, Sometimes the right my disc, friend. The the way out is through. I've always I've always liked this because I don't know if you ever played Doom when you were a kid on the computer, but in Doom I always liked that he's because you got to go to the place and fight your way out and that was the quote the only way out is through. Oh, dude, I think sometimes that's a good thing, a good way to like live your life by. Like sometimes you just come across some shit, and you know, yeah, go through it's it. True, but dude, the the way it starts, it, dude, it almost has like a. I don't know, sort of like a sci-fi feel to me. There's something about like the the way that it starts. It's it's very interesting. Again, has like sort of dark and mysterious, and it it, it definitely builds up. But and it gets heavy. I think it's it gets heavy. And I think it's um I think it's I, I just think it's a really cool way to start another disc. I mean, it's very yeah. it, it on in one hand it's very different than um somewhat damaged, and on the other hand I'm like 
it, it's it, not that it's, different. I know what you mean. It, it's it's similar in the way just of it starting an album, um, and mm-hmm. it kind of you know they both kind of slowly fade in a little bit, and it's yeah, yep. it's kind of it's kind of cool. Um, maybe my favorite song on all of them or both. I think it was the th- yeah the third both single. Discs, I dude, into the vo- I like how could that not be the first single? That's just. I, I, I feel I was, like even if you don't like Nine Inch Nails, if someone put on this song, you'd be like, "All right, that's that's a hot song." Like it mm. is. Yeah, and it's, I mean, probably the most radio friendly. I guess I would call on yeah, this album for, yeah, too. For sure. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's. I mean, dude, love the intro and, dude, is there a cello on this song? Mm-hmm. Okay, is that what that is? I thought that's well, what I Well, it could. I mean, yeah, he could have done it on the Mellotron, too. But um, Okay. But either way, like, yeah, shallow it sounds like. Yeah. Um, I, I've always really been fascinated with the percussion. Oh, yeah, so, dude, Sometimes totally, some of the percussion reminds me of some of, like, this Tom Waits sort of feel where it's like you can hear the space in the room and, and like, the plunkiness of it. Space. It just gives it a weird vibe, and I, I really like that. There definitely is some... Yeah, I mean, we'll get to some other tracks, but I think yeah, it's there's real swell, really nice. There's definitely now, some great. Percussion. Where is everybody? As much as I could talk about Into the Void for a good chunk of this episode, I think Where is Everyone would have been, or everybody would have been amazing yeah. to put after we're in this together, based on how the video ends. Oh, okay. If nothing else, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Well, maybe when you create your own disc, you can do that. Ooh. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do like um, Where Is Everybody, too, so I probably wouldn't cut that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, dude, uh, one thing that I like is there's a few instances where he, um, I, I like the way he sings it, but then there's, like, one spot when he sings, um, I never wanted to be like you. He'll like double his vocals at that part. Yeah, and I, I know it's just kind of a cool little thing, man. I was I just love doubled vocals. Kinda, when it's, me too, but it's kind of like like you're saying it emphasizes it more if that like isn't your shtick. Yeah, absolutely. Because then you're then like, when it comes it's in, not it's a crutch, like, man. Yeah, it's yeah. like you're your own hype man. You yeah, know exactly. Yeah. yeah, but dude, even some of the words though. I mean, you know, I know they're saying, oh, it's not a lyrical album, but I really like. The words that are says, there, yeah. kind of, you know, it just says like what he's feeling, what he's doing, you know, pleading and needing and bleeding and breeding yeah. and feeding, exceeding. Where is everybody? Like, yeah. dude, um, doing all that yeah. shit. Yeah, and this is a song too, and you know, I, I know we kind of compared the discs a little bit, where I feel like these first three songs, I, I would, and I guess because I've always, you know, kept them separate as discs, I'm like, I don't know if I could hear these songs on left. Like it, it, they would feel. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I know you said, well, with with where is everybody? Yeah, you, I had to get the theme, but I don't know if uh, I, I don't know. There's something about yeah the the, the way it's these funny songs you end are. it there because I was about to be like, dude, you better include the mark has been made, but I, it makes more yeah. sense. Oh, no. the con- I thought you were going to say like I couldn't. Yeah, because the mark has been made is is to me like your first bridge to the other one. Sure. Sure. You know, just well, just the way it sounds instrumental. Again, like like an acoustic instrument doing that. Bow, 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 you know wow. what I mean? And dude, boy, I just I dude, can't emphasize duh. enough. Like, yeah, yeah, and they just right. I know you love that shit. Oh, dude. So, dude, this song was actually um, the song. Have you ever seen the movie Man on Fire with um, Denzel Washington? 
came out in 2004. Probably um, not. Okay. It's anyways, not random, though. This song, I don't know if it was used in the movie, but it was used like in the soundtrack, and uh, it's 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 pretty cool. Now, this is a little sidetrack, but dude, Ooh. it it includes Dakota Fanning. She's the little girl. Basically, he is like this sort of bodyguard guy and protects her from whatever. I, I forget the whole whole story. But Dakota Fanning, she was in this cute little blonde girl. Like if you IMDb or look her up. Dude, been in some, I don't know, some some cool movies uh, that you'd probably know. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them, I'm trying to think. Uh, I Am Sam, she was in that. Uh, what was it all she was in? But dude, now she's grown up. Oh, and yeah. Dude, she was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You want to know who oh, she was? Dude. She you was, uh, what's her, was she Tate? Dude. Dude, no, 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 no. That was Margot Robbie. Dude, oh, she, you remember was, she was one of the Spawn Ranson Squeaky. Girls. Yeah, Zeus, she was yeah. squeaky. So in Spawn Ranch, she was the one in the um, George Spawn, played by Bruce Dern. Great oh, actor. she was like his um, care, personal caretaker. Dude, yeah, she and and Brad Pitt goes up and is like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see, uh, I'm gonna see George." And then yeah. she goes back and sits down. And she's like, "You might be tired because I fucked his brains out earlier." And it's just so funny to think of her like saying yeah. that when you think of her as this like cute little girl in these movies. And oh, dude, yeah, to- and it's really depressing when you look and you're like, oh, she was born in February of 1994. Um, yes, because you know, I was already fucking 13 at that point. <laughs> yeah, it makes us feel really old, really old. But it is interesting to see her like as a kid in 2004, and now she's like this. Adult, kind of like Natalie Portman in in Leon, the professional. Leon, oh, so good. All right, please, Grim, please, please, um, please is another one to me. Ah, I want to say it. It felt like it had more of 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 a kind of repetitive ish style beat, like the song. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing against. It is that song. It's just kind of that straightforward rock yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Just there's there's something about me. He makes the cut ups so good, where it's when he does stuff that's that's straight on, except for in the void. But in the into the void has just more of a choppy beat by nature. It's not so fast, so it, it feels cut up. But anyways, yeah. yeah. Well, I like his I like his vocal cadence on it. And there's actually elements yeah. of this song when I when I heard it this last time. I really, when I listen to it, there's actually elements that I'm like, wow, some of it sounds like it could fit with teeth. Um, you know, it doesn't have necessarily some of the beats, but it's got that drill guitar sound and kind of the way yeah. he sings it and everything. Yeah, like that, that is such a with teeth thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. Uh, we'll move on to number six, Starfuckers or for Incorporated. the... Starfuckers Incorporated or for... The um, censored version, Star Suckers Incorporated. Oh, I yeah. didn't. Yeah. So, um, but I thought, dude, uh, I think it's funny the uh, kind of song references, uh, you know, Carly Simon's You're So Vain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. I do like that part too. Um, yeah. You know, and it's interesting because he was not the first person to kind of use this term. Um, ha- have you listened to the Rolling Stones? Um, I think it's on Goat's Head Soup. It is uh, on Goat's Head Soup because I know I remember looking this up a little bit and, and reading that um, that they have a song what, Star Star or something like that. Is it Star Stars? 
Is that the name of the yeah, song? Yeah, Star Star, sure, but I'm looking at the... Yeah. Yeah, see, now, um, originally the song was, was called Starfucker, which is slang for a groupie. And I want to say, if you listen to it, you can hear him say, you're a star, fuck a star. Like, they, they, they say it in, in sort uh, of gotcha. a not so blatant way. But I remember hearing that and being like, be like damn, that was ballsy for the 70s. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know that was kind of referenced um, from when I looked when I looked uh, when I looked up info on that song. See, I um, didn't even look up info on it. I just knew about it. You're looking it up now. Anyways. I am now. Yeah. Yeah. See, because yeah. I want to make sure I was right. But <laughs> fucking doing my homework. You know, some yeah, people yeah. do it while they're in class. Some people do it before class. Well, those were yeah. And sometimes, sometimes the teacher is like, "Well, we'll correct our homework together." And you're like, "Yeah, you mean do your homework?" <laughs> we'll be trading with a buddy. I got them uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. That's Hang when you got to get a couple wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but dude, you know, a lot of it is said that this song's really about. Um, Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love um, and and especially Manson because they had had a heated argument apparently uh, but then they patched things up I guess in time for Manson to co-direct and appear in the music video but then they had another falling out and um, recently I don't know if you've heard this but more than a dozen women have accused Marilyn Manson of sexual assault um, and Reznor has Denounced him again. <laughs> I'm kind of so. not surprised. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anyways, it's weird. Anyways, we don't need to. It's weird. That's yeah. complicated, which brings us to our next song, Complication. I was going to say, good movie. Um, another, another instrumental. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot of um, real pearls of wisdom to add here. Some, you know, some of them no. jump out. No, some but. Don't. But I will say with this, it, to me, it has this like sort of chaotic club feel. Like that's yeah. it's really a upbeat, and I could totally see this in sort of a movie scene um, where you know there's people just I don't know just for like one of those sections where they like cut to people getting all fucked up and partying in a club and like some shits about to go see. down and there's strobe lights and stuff see. like that. So that's that's kind of what I think about this song. Um, mm-hmm. And now we move on to, I'm looking forward to joining you. Finally. I, I do. I like the <laughs> finally at the end. Yeah, of course. Uh, dude, yeah, it's a, dude, this is a cool song, but it's also very different. Uh, it's, it's really bare. Like, basically yeah. the percussion and the bass just kind of drive the song with, with his vocals. Um, and I, I don't know, like, he also does a cool thing. Again, we go back to the the doubling the vocals but there's in some parts he he does his best isaac brock impression even though this is well this is yeah far Where away from the mic background vocals yeah, yeah but it, but it. it's but what's cool about it is he doubles his isaac vocals brock. so he, he doubles his vocals with the the distant background instead of it just being the background he he'll double the vocals so he's singing it normal but then the other side is is the 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 far away side too it's pretty neat so I thought that was cool. Well played. Well, well played. played. Um, well, it's time to come down. The One big. of my favorites. Dude, the production on this song, the beat that he creates is so badass, is it not? Yeah, it really is. I was going to, I can't, I, I should have done that ahead of time, but I was going to kind of. Fucked up the timing. 
mess with that little riff that he does because that is another just excellent example of of it on some weird kind of acoustic ish or at least acoustic ish sounding instrument. It's dude, clean. Definitely. Maybe it's not even acoustic, but it's clean. Uh, dude, I, I, yeah, I I have it is. I mean, I just thought it was acoustic myself, but it has that real clean. But it's it's sort of I don't know, sort of creepy. But that that beat that he creates in the beginning is just such an interesting chop up, yeah. and you can hear him because the start. You know, when he starts to sing, it's like he includes that in the beat, like just like that, that like little snippet snippet where he's just about to yeah. 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 But he cuts it off, dude. And then, and then then it's like, Oh, then he goes into it after like, I don't know, five or six or 10 rounds of it. But, uh, but it's really cool, man. I know. I I just, I really like the way that, that the beat kind of builds. I think that's really cool. And it reminds me of when we, when we saw them, one of, one of the times we saw them live, and I've seen had, him play this song live. Have you seen him? Play? Were you at one I, of the ones? Where yeah, they I believe okay. so. But he holds up um, basically, a, um, or he's not even holding it up. It's it's on a screen, but it, it's like a oh that yeah well that it's tour like was, a, it's like a beat. I can't even pick it up right now, but it's it's a like a sixteen step sequencer. And it's shown visually on this screen, and it's so cool because he's just, like, hitting the square, which is on one of these sequencers, this is how you build a beat. Like, like the light goes through each step, and you select your instrument, and you're like, all right, I want the kick drum here, here, here. And it was really – I thought that was such a cool part of the show for, like, to, to basically show the audience how you do that because I'm sure a lot of people don't know. No. You know, no, have just... never – yeah, never Dude, used he's the like... – He's like actually doing it. Like most people are just like, oh, he, you know, they just do that backstage and whatever. But that's pretty bad, yeah. ass, man. He's like, oh, well, I'm yeah, I'm sure it's it's all tied into a computer. But but sure. yeah, still to to it's it's really cool. I I, yeah. I was always fascinated by that scene at live. But yeah, underneath real it all. good beat architect. Yes. Yeah, underneath it all. Short song, very very short. Yeah, um, but I but I do like. I do like the way he kind of sings it. Um, you know, it's got this, there's something going on in the song where it has this, like, I don't, when I say electricity, I don't mean electronic, but there's like this electricity sort of synth sort of feel. Um, I don't know, kind of when I listen to it, but I don't know. I just love the way, um, you know, at, at the end, it just kind of, you know, how he builds it up and there's just like so many, so many layers. And then I listen to it in headphones and, um, you know, when he sings, all I do, I can still feel you. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it has that weird sound. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, back in the day when you had like a headphone jack and you're like, you kind of, yeah, yeah. you had it kind of like all the Not way in quite sort of pl- almost, yeah. but it, it'd kind of be kind of twitching in and out. But then I listened to that part again in headphones and what it sounds like to me is they must've made a shit ton of like little cuts and little chops. Whereas if when it's in the left ear, it's not in the right. And when it's in the right, it's not in the left. And it has this really weird thing. And that, that helps kind of get that sort of choppiness to it. Yeah. Um, I, I'd listen to it, you know, in headphones, uh, because once I heard that, I, I was trying to figure out like what they were doing. And I was like, shit, I need to listen to the headphones. And so I did. Well, that sounds cool. yeah. And that you can do that, I think, with an auto painter, too, or, or delays mm. can ping pong back and forth. Because it sounds like a really short delay almost. just like, 
left. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Um, one thing I was going to mention about this one that I really like is, is the kind of lyrical tie in, uh, that he has because like the fur one of the first audible lyrics in, um, the, the way out is through is underneath it all. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We I feel so sense. small. Hey, I, yeah. I just oh, I dude. just think that's kind of cool. The how, you know, it's kind of like how Lemaire references into the void. Like, I, I just I, I like those tie ins between tie-ins songs. Great. Absolutely. Well, so now it's time to wrap up the album. You know, we started somewhat damaged and now we're just ripe, but with decay. So I don't know really what that how that applies to anything, but it's. I like the title. I think it's a fun play on words. That's, mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like. But again, last track. Um, I mean, it's an instrumental, I think, again, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel I like, like it. It's 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 almost like in some ways it, it brings me back to Hurt before he starts singing. Okay. Wow. You know? All right. There, right. It just it it may not I you know I'm not gonna get all like music nerd in in them and analyze the chord structure and all that shit but it's just like an overall kind of sound and feeling. I got you. So. Yeah, it it definitely has some different things going on. It's it's I mean now that I think about it, it's kind of a strange song. Um, mm-hmm. I mean not that you know. But there's like some weird yeah. kind of. Anytime crazy... you add decay a song with to a song like yeah. that, it's gonna get weird. Absolutely. But there's like just some, I don't know, sort of like crazy piano and there's acoustic strumming. But then, I don't know, just there's like buzzing sounds in the background. There's just like a lot of things going on. And I, I Maybe feel it's like it's the buzzing. It's the buzzing. The buzzing is, is buzz? happening in Hurt, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of fridge buzz in Hurt. And yeah. Yeah. And right um, where you belong. Now in the vinyl, however, the decay part is there's no decay. It's only ripe. No, what does ripe. that mean? Is the song I, any the, different? There's how yeah, long there's is certain, it? Uh, it's I, well, I don't have the length in front of me. God um, damn it! I know it is. I think it's about a. I think it's about a minute and a half shorter. Oh, it is. Um, and, and there is somewhat of a. And and there is somewhat of a transition um, in the song that I'm like, oh, okay, that's that's probably where the decay part comes in um but yeah anyways so then dude i mean with or without with or without decay man which one (laughs) oh i would love some decay i love a little yeah i okay anyways yeah yeah i wouldn't be if i mean personally i would rather have that full song than i think um was it 10 miles high and then the new something um are the ones that they added on the vinyl i'd rather finish finish that song i think i like the the title over 10 miles high it's like you know i listened to eight miles high by the birds thought it was a fucking great song just wanted to go a little farther up (laughs) more the new flesh okay well rintin tim we're gonna start scratching we're gonna scratch yep the way we do doubles we scratched one disc and we scratch the other that's what we do. So, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you should scratch 
the first disc and I'll scratch the second. Okay, that's first. fair because I think on okay. the last full album that we did, I think I made you go first. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Who's to say? So I'm scratching right. the first one. Yes. I'm going to scratch No You Don't. Whoa. Whoa. Mm -hmm. You want to know Does what, Grim? My stars. I did not see that coming. I thought I thought I was going to get a what, what the, the fuck you know, is that? Uh, yeah. no, I thought I was going to get one of those. Wow. Overtime. Dude, now you're putting Overtime. me on the spot. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So yep. is your reasoning similar to mine? It just uh, like this. It's a it's a fine song, but it, to me, it almost doesn't fit the album because you know, hundred percent, so yeah. straight ahead. And it is it, like I, I think I said, yeah, it's a straightforward rock song. Um, I, I think I said like, ah, it sounded like it could be on Broken or something. Um, it just to me, nothing stands out. Um, and especially you know, I, I mean, I think a pilgrimage is an instrumental, and then La Mer is an instrumental, might as well be. That I know you wouldn't want to put two instrumentals in a row, but I could I could definitely lose it and I wouldn't I wouldn't you know think twice. Don't think twice. It's all right. Trim, what do you got? You got an overtime for me? Yeah, yeah. If okay. we're going into overtime, um, yeah. I think I would cut the great below. Fuck. All right. Oh, what, what the, the fuck, fuck that? Is that? Oh really? Well, dude. dude, it's double overtime. Not my first choice. You force this shit. Oh. <laughs> um, and the only reason, the only reason I say that is because I think that if if I had to, right, La Mer could be a very interesting bridge from one disc into the other as it references musically what's coming. Okay. With the U. See, see I, however, would cut La Mer second. That's what I would do. I, I, yeah, I figured yours would be one of the two. I just, yeah. I like the crossover, and that's why I'd keep it. So. All right, fine. Fucking fine. Yeah. All right, so on disc right, this one this one was tough for me. Um, there's a lot of good songs, and Left is, is, left is more of my favorite. I, kinda, I feel like something's going to happen here. Gosh, and I'm thinking about it. I'm sort of doubting myself why I chose this one. Because to be honest, the song that I... I I'm going to tell you what I'm going to scratch. And then I'm going to tell you... My why my scratch after. is wrong. No. Yeah, so dude, <laughs> I'm actually going you know, with The Mark Has Been Made. Um, which Oh, dude, I do have to throw up. What the, the fuck is that shit? Because I... Man, I just... It's such a good uh, piece of continuity between the two, I and know, I really like yeah. that. I know, I do too. I'm doubting. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just doubting myself now. I'm really as am. you should be. No. I really <laughs> am. All right, what's yours? Oh, Starfuckers. Yeah, that, I, dude, I could just do without that song. It's not to that be honest. Great. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you finish, and I'll tell you my no, reason why that was I, my second. I, I just totally get. Um, I can, especially being someone who is, you know, actually a part of this world, I'm sure that there are a lot of hangers on. And so I could really understand why a song like this would come about. 
why do you think I'm here? I'm just riding yeah. coattails, bro. <laughs> God, it's heavy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, uh, it, it's almost just like, uh, it seems vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. Whereas yeah. when you use the F word in a song like Somewhat Damaged, it really conveys like what the word is supposed to, like where Dude, the fuck oh, were you? Oh, <laughs> that one, yeah. Oh, oh, that part too. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. To care anymore. Yeah. And I will say the one that I do skip is Starfuckers. Yeah. When I listen to this album, I feel like it, it kind of breaks the feel of the album. The, the whole time, if you're listening, it's, it's been all this sort of deeper, emotional, introspective stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like this is, I actually I feel like, you know, how I said earlier, I was like, ah, you know, there's not that intense aggression sort of. Um, that's piercing. And I feel like this song actually has that. Yeah. Um, in but in dude, more of a downward spiral type way. I yes. Know. Yeah. I, I think it would make more sense than that. One thing I do, I've always loved about this song is how he like just really chops. He puts his vocals in basically like a blender. Uh, dude. That's, yeah. that's really cool. The production is fucking good, man. Yeah. It, it, it is. really I, is. I, I, I love really that cool. too. Yeah. It's, it's good. But as far as album and flow, I can't argue with that. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, we might as well we could go to fucking overtime on this, and we won't. But I, I would, I would probably, if I'm listening to the album, I'll listen to the mark is you know mark has been made, and then I, I will skip this one. But I, yeah. you know, I just yeah. So, anyways, uh, well, Graham, we uh, you know we ran a little over on this one, but it was a double disc, and it's a pretty fucking good one. In fact, dude. This this is uh, my top ten albums all time. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. It is. It's my. Fa- is it your favorite Nine Inch Nails or yeah. with teeth? Uh, is it? Ooh boy, I don't know. With teeth, really have to really kind of a game of bloody knuckles for me between this one and with teeth. Oh, man, I haven't played that in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one, dude. This one for me is just fucking. Sweet. I know. It's it's uh, it's just such a. I, I, uh, just a, such a complex, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of ins, a lot of outs. There are a lot of what have on this, but I just, I, I think that uh, one thing that where I think you could make the argument for me to put it over is just I, I like the instrumental bits. I like the mm. room to breathe. Breathe, breathe in the air. Don't be afraid to care. Well, Graham, I think we should remind everyone to hey, one, let us know your scratches on each disc. Also, yeah. let us know if you're going to make bring this down to like one disc, one disc, what would it be? Give us your track listing. We're going to try to be really good and do our homework and put our track listings down there. Hopefully we can do that. And um, one thing we should have mentioned, if you made it this far, you probably already have. But if you have it, maybe give us a, a uh, like, subscribe and comment below. Yeah do that because we just passed 200 today super excited all right well all right what do you say grim should they uh we're gonna tune out what what should they do tune in yeah for next week's exciting episode it's gonna be a good one whatever it is time to go dude grim show Scratch a Track is produced by the Dude and Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. 
Copyright 2021, The Dude and Grim Show. In terms of media, of course, the thing that is uh, occupying the foreground is nostalgia.